from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Up Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, and this is Gina Knoll with me. Good morning, Gina. How are you? Good morning, Deacon. I'm doing well. I I see you wore your face mask today. I did wear my face mask. I I visited the very scary city or state of Florida Uh last week, so I'm... Protecting everyone here in the studio. I think I told you I had I was making a mask at home, but I was having problems cutting out the eyes. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's an ongoing joke with you, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Well, I got to have something to yeah, say, right? That's right. I'm uh, glad to see that you're wearing a mask occasionally. Also, yeah, w- once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I um, but it's hard to it's hard to wear a mask and talk on the radio at the same time. So it is. Yeah, yeah. But we want we want everybody to be safe, and uh, if that's what it takes to be safe, then. Wear the mask. Exactly. I'd like to protect you all. That's right. That's right. All right. We've got uh, a number of things we want to talk about today. We've got a couple of guests coming up um, uh, that ought to be very educational for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we have Lindsay Rank, who is from the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. And, um, you know, I've written a lot about um, uh, things that are going on in college campuses for my column on the wan- in The Wanderer. That's right. Uh, but we really haven't had much of that on the radio. And I think we may want to do a little bit more of that because what we're talking about here basically are um, uh, rights of free expression. And if you don't have the right for free expression, you cannot evangelize. Well, exactly. Right. It can affect us um, in the re- area of religious liberties. Right, right. We did have a student question a couple of weeks ago, and that was with a student at Florida State University That's who right. was removed from his post as uh, president of the student senate. Uh, they found him uh, talking about Catholic doctrine, which he supported in a private Catholic chat room, and decided that that was too much for, I guess, for Florida State University. So the uh, st- the student senate there removed him from office. Uh, he was appealing to the student supreme court, which apparently has a vacancy on it that nobody wants to take, which is a chief justice position, so they can't adjudicate the case without a chief justice. So uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom has now taken the matter to the, uh, I guess, a vice president of student affairs for the university, saying, you better intervene in this and do something, because there's obviously some harm coming to this this young man because of, you know, being removed from uh, his uh, his position by his peers. Uh, my guess is just following these cases that the university is going to say that's a student matter. We're leaving it up to them. And then the lawsuits will follow. The federal so lawsuits will follow. He'll be so in limbo until they go to the he'll to the He'll be in limbo for courts. a while. Right. And, but uh, eventually... Um, you know, eventually, uh, freedom of expression has got to has got to prevail because if it doesn't, uh, we're all up a crick. We're all up a crick well, at that point. It, yeah, it's all part of that what they call cancel culture, and he became a victim of that particular. Uh, which movement. Is, which is my column appearing this week in The Wander. About the, in The Wander. I Cancel You. That's <laughs> that's the title for the column. But, yeah, and, and that's that's going to be rather serious, you know, that uh, anymore we uh, basically erase people. 
And today we explore the same kind of issues, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, the campus of Fordham University in New York and uh, Truman State in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Right. So it'll be interesting. Right. And one, ha- one has to do with uh, uh, posts that should have been protected. The other has to do with animal rights. <laughs> which is kind of interesting, but the logic behind what the the college was saying is something that uh, well, we'll have Lindsay on in a few minutes. She'll explain it. She'll yeah. explain it all to us because she handled both those cases uh, for the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. Fire is what we call it. Fire. Fire, Fire right? so. is the foundation. Individual rights and education. Yeah, there's a number of groups like that, and uh, and she happens to be from FIRE, and uh, she has a title there, and I forget what it is at this point. But she'll tell us when she comes on. All right, do you have a prayer to open us up with? I do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be back in a few minutes with Lindsay Rank, who will bring fire to the station. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one. One child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. This is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we are back. And we have with us right now Lindsay Rank, who is uh, from the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education. FIRE is the acronym. Lindsay, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Just fine, just fine. Um, I don't think we've ever had anybody on the program from FIRE, so why don't you briefly explain to our folks here what FIRE is and what your goals and missions are. Sure. Uh, we are a national, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, and our mission is to defend the free expression and academic freedom rights and other civil liberties of students and faculty on campuses across the country. And uh, I, I see on your website you have uh, a lot of information for people that may want to follow this. Uh, if you Real quick, can you give us your uh, website for people that want to get on and follow, maybe have some other questions for you? Absolutely. It's uh, www.thefire.org. Very good. All right, I want to talk to you about a couple of cases that are um, uh, have percolated through your system. One is still going, I guess, and that's the one at, um, um, let's see, we have uh, uh, Austin Tog. Is that his name? Austin uh, Tong, yeah, Tong at Fordham. F- at Fordham University. Uh, incidentally, I saw him last night. I guess it was on... Um, one of the Fox shows, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, he was, he was he was talking about his plight. Why don't you explain what was happening to uh, Austin that uh, came to your attention? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Austin is a rising senior at Fordham, and he's also a Chinese-American immigrant. He came to this country when he was six years old, uh, partially because his parents wanted to make sure that he was going to have, you know, all the freedoms that America has to offer. Um, he found out about some of those real quick here, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. So on um, just this last month, on the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre, where, as, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, um, the Chinese government uh, unfortunately attacked and killed many pro-democracy protesters. Austin used his social media to commemorate that anniversary um, by with a picture of himself in his backyard with his gun that he you know legally owns and is registered and everything. Um, so there was that post, and there was another post where he was um, commenting on the death of St. Louis uh, former police captain David Dorn. People got upset by these posts and. Um, the Ford administration was included in that. Now, now let's let's step back a minute. David Dorn was the uh, retired, the black retired police officer that was killed. Was was he not? Yes. And he he was the right. one that was protecting his friend's pawn shop or something like that. He was he was there and he was shot and killed during the rioting. Yeah, something like that. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, an expert on that situation, but I know that you know often. Um, you know, himself being sort of a proponent of civil rights and civil liberties was really upset about that situation and posted, like I said, on his social media um, about his concern and frustration over that situation, as well as, you know, him commemorating 
this horrible thing that happened in his home country uh, 31 years ago. Okay, so he's protesting uh, what happened to the uh, black retired police uh, 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 captain, I think he was, and mm-hmm. and what was happening in in his homeland 30-some years ago. And he posted those things on his own private Instagram um, site. So what's, for, uh, what's Fordham's brief with that now? What, what are they? So first, Fordham sent public safety officers at midnight or, or something along the lines uh, to check in on Austin. Um, the public safety officers determined that he wasn't a risk to anyone and that he was, you know, just posting sort of commemorating these, these events that he was upset about. Um, and, but he was then charged with a bunch of different um, uh, charges at his university, including bias incidents. And, um, and he, now he, it, it, he went through a hearing and ended up being found responsible and has some incredible sanctions against him by Fordham right now, including that he's not allowed to step foot on campus. Uh, he's not allowed to serve in any sort of leadership, student leadership role, which is a big deal for him because he was previously on student government. Um, so it's a really unfortunate situation in which uh, Fordham really acted against Austin for his political expression and has punished him in a really big way. Uh, I, I hate to interject this here, but uh, Fordham is a Jesuit university. It is, yes. Yes. And as a product of a Jesuit university, that kind of unsettles me a little bit. All right, so his position right now is uh, he's banned from campus, but he's allowed to continue his education uh, online, isn't he? He's allowed to continue his education online, but it is notable that Fordham right now plans to have in-person classes in the fall. So he's still being, you know, um, he's being kept back from those, those in-person classes that he would normally have access to. Um, in addition to that, like I said, he's on disciplinary probation, which forbids him from all kinds of things, including holding leadership positions. And if he violates the disciplinary probation, then he will be immediately expelled or suspended. I noticed um, also that they're requiring him to take some kind of uh, bias training or indoctrination training. I, yeah, so they're requiring him to do to take a bias training uh, with the administration, as well as write an apology for his post. So these are all to, to whom the apology to whom. It's not entirely clear, frankly, but um, it appears an apology to the university and the university community. Not to the Chinese? For <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the letter that he received notifying him of these sanctions doesn't say to whom the apology um, is to be written. Um, it appears from context, like I said, that it's probably the university community, but I'm not 100% sure on that. It, it sounds like he may be planning some legal action. Uh, it was uh, Laura Ingram's uh, program that I think he was on last night. And as I recall, he was indicating that he may be doing something legally, taking some steps legally against the university. Um, so anyway, this poor guy comes along. He makes uh, uh, what could be considered, I suppose, a political statement, uh, commentary on society today, uh, commentary on what happened uh, historically on uh, that particular day 31 years ago. And so now he's, um, he's canceled, right? This is the I mean, cancel culture. 
I, I would say that the university has taken some very strong actions against him that not only punish Austin, but also create a huge chilling effect on their campus that will prevent other students and faculty from feeling safe to speak their minds without facing repercussions. Now, having read your, um, your webpage for quite a while now, uh, this shouldn't surprise anybody who's familiar with what uh, FIRE does, right? This is our bread and butter, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, this is the type of case that we see every day and that we're constantly trying to, you know, fight back against. It's, it's surprising to me that so many universities don't understand um, this concept. Uh, I noticed that Fordham is probably one of your oh, – receives one of your worst ratings for free speech on campus. Um, and um, I envision campuses as one of the most free areas of expressing your opinions. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate. We've definitely seen campuses across the country, you know – um, punishing students from across the political spectrum for their for their political speech, and it's it's a really concerning trend that we're seeing. Um, you know, it's been it's been Fire's mission all along, but I think lately we had a huge uptick in cases. Interesting. I wonder if that's just a a trend in the national, you know, in in the wave of this cancel culture throughout the the na- national. Well, this trend. has been going on for several years, and and one of the things, and and Lindsay, I'm I'm sure you're aware of all of this, um, the free speech zones in college campuses, where they give you about uh, uh, a quarter of a square yard where you can stand and stand uh, and say whatever yeah. you want, uh, and usually that uh, generous allotment of space they give you is uh, in the basement in the catacomb someplace where nobody goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely, we see cases like that. Less often, I think, than we used to. I think in some ways colleges have become more savvy with, with how they're punishing students for, for free speech. Um, and with, I, I think we see probably overall less universities with those sort of um, very specific policies that say you're only allowed to speak in X place at X time. But we still see that. And I think we see more and more of what we're seeing with Austin's case here and with some of the other similar cases that we're, that we're working on where uh, colleges have sort of figured out how to use uh, policies that aren't necessarily um, detrimental to free speech on their face in a way that is detrimental to free speech. Yeah. So is there a difference, uh, Lindsay, between a private institution and a public institution in the kinds of limits they can put on a student in terms of speech and organizations? Yeah, there absolutely is a big difference. So at a public university, the university is, of course, an arm of the state, and therefore the First Amendment applies. So administrations at a public university really can't um, censor free expression any more than like the city council uh, of your local you know, jurisdiction could censor free expression. Okay. Um, at a private university, they're, they're free to set whatever policies they want to set. So frankly, a private university could, we would find it unwise, but a private university could say, hey, we don't, we don't value free speech here. Um, and they would be free to do that. The thing is, at schools like Fordham, which is private, mm-hmm. um, but they have very clear 
uh, commitments to free expression. And our position is that if you have these sort of clear commitments to free expression in your student handbook and public statements, then students come to your college expecting that right to free expression on campus. And you have to uphold those promises. You can't promise one thing and then when you don't like what they have to say, sort of double back on that. Yeah, that becomes part of the contract between the university and the student. It's uh, much like a, uh, uh, an employer's handbook. It becomes a contract between the employer and the employee. Uh, exactly. He, uh, he understands what he or she can do, and when they exercise uh, those options, then they're slapped down for it. Certainly. And, Absolutely. And, that, and that's a problem. All right, real quick, I want to talk about uh, um, Truman State University and the animal rights case that you had. I guess this is, was settled last fall, but it was kind of an interesting fact pattern here. Yeah, sure. This is sort of another iteration of um, administrations punishing speech that they don't like that we see a lot, which is refusal to grant recognition status to student organizations with which an administration might disagree. Um, so at Truman State, which is in Missouri, um, a group of students had gotten together to create an animal rights vegan club. And the uh, administration determined that that club was too emotionally risky for students at Truman State and denied recognition. It was a really frustrating case because um, it sort of, it was shocking, you know, to all of us to think, like, what about being vegan is emotionally damaging or risky to other students? Um, and how did they defend that? What I'm is, sorry? What is emotionally risky about be, being an organization? Yeah, I mean, I don't, they never really clarified that. And, and we were really grateful because once we did write to Truman and, and say, hey, like, you can't have this type of policy which allows the administration to, um, to refuse to recognize student organizations because of these subjective tests like emotional riskiness, um, Truman did work with us to revise their policies. Um, so the, the vegan club did actually end up getting recognized, um, and we're really optimistic that this type of thing won't happen again, um, because at the time, it wasn't just a vegan club, it was, there was a religion and philosophy club that had been denied for similar reasons, there was a uh, transgender alliance club that had been denied for similar reasons, there was a, even a group that their mission was to make hats for children with cancer, um, was denied for similar reasons under the same policy. And had that policy been in place for just a long time, and somebody said, "Let's use it. Uh, this is this is easy. We can get rid of. We we can cancel whatever we don't agree with." Yeah, I mean, it it it, it appeared that it had been in place for a while, and it was this committee, um, this administratively appointed committee, that got to decide who could and couldn't create a student organization on campus. And they, I think, it was something like forty three out of eighty nine clubs within a two year period. I think that were denied recognition based on policy. And they probably have been doing that for years and figured we can continue to do this without any yeah, objection. Exactly. So it was good that your organization came in and helped um, uh, uh, this uh, vegan club mm -hmm. so that they could set precedents and help the students going forward. What a wonderful outcome for you and for the students. Yeah, we were really, really pleased, and we're super optimistic to see you, you know. I, I'm sure we have in our audience somewhere people, well, like you, Gina, who have 
children that are in college exactly. that may need your help at some point. Uh, why don't you give us your um, uh, your web page again so that we can contact you or they can contact you if they have any questions or need any assistance. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's www.thefire.org, and we do have a case submission page. So if anyone's you know, facing issues, we are happy to help. Very good. Right. Thank you for joining us today, and we're going to have you back. We're going to follow some more stuff uh, on your page because I think this is very important uh, that we get to the bottom of some of this, or at least point this out to our listeners that this is going on in college campuses. And I and I think uh, just as a, a little aside, you mentioned that some of the uh, some of the things you see uh, the complaints are declining, like on those free speech. Uh, spaces that they have. I think part of the reason behind that, Lindsay, may be the fact that so many of those have been litigated and the Mm -hmm. colleges have lost and the colleges have had to pay all sorts of attorney's fees for the other side, I think has put a chilling effect on what they want it to do. Yeah, I think you're right. And I look forward to being back on. We'll have you. We'll have you. We're looking forward to having you back, too. All right, you want to move to Des Moines, and you can sit in with us every week then. (laughs) You're in Philadelphia, aren't you? Yeah, we're in Philadelphia. All right, my family's from Philadelphia. Philly's open up tomorrow. Yes. That's right. All right. We will see you later. Thank you very much for joining us. Lindsay Rank from the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. This is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we will be right back after these messages. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. 
Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des DesMoines-DentalAssociates.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hot and humid over the next couple of days with high pressure overhead. We'll be in the upper 80s today and mostly sunny. Down to 70 and clear tonight. Then we'll break into the low 90s tomorrow with our heat index just over 100. And we'll have sunshine, sunny and warm on Saturday. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. back. This is Faith on Tron, Iowa Catholic Radio, and our next guest joining us right now is Eric Cardell, who is a special counsel for the Thomas More Society, who's dealing with uh, some lawsuits in Texas where it looks like uh, pro-abortion folks are trying to uh, chill First Amendment free speech rights of the pro-life people. Eric, thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you taking time with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, why don't you, uh, if you can, give us uh, kind of the thumbnail version of what is going on, because it seems like uh, it's a case where we're uh, kind of uh, reverse, um, the s- positions are reversed. <laughs> Usually we're defending something. That's right. Here are the uh, pro-abortion groups, which are getting much more active now that they have cancel culture. The pro-life groups uh, sued pro-life activists, Mark Lee Dixon, and right to life of East Texas, uh, saying that their statements uh, that abortion is a crime in Texas is defamation, so they're seeking monetary damages. And the pro-life groups, uh, people, I guess, that we're representing, are they're suing to establish a First Amendment right in Texas to say abortion is a crime. After all, in the criminal code in Texas, it says abortion is a crime. All right, let's take that apart a little bit. Um Obviously, since Roe versus Wade, we've uh, we've seen abortion allowed. Uh, the legal question would be then: Does that nullify the state statutes that say abortion is a crime? Uh, no, because federal courts don't have the power to repeal a state statute. They do have the power to enjoin enforcement of a state statute. So, in Texas, abortion is a crime. The federal courts have enjoined enforcement of that statute. You know, that's fine. That's not what we're disputing in the case. But abortion is still a crime. So it's not, uh, it's truthful in Texas to say abortion is a crime. And the pro-abortion groups have to learn to live with that. You know, we hear uh, some pro-life people all the time referring to abortion as murder, but I don't see anybody uh, objecting to that uh, designation. They may, yeah. uh, you know, not like it, but uh, I don't see anybody, uh, maybe, maybe there no has been. No one's been sued. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't of. seen anybody, yeah, sure. that's been sued over that. Right, and, and I think, um, you know, our clients are being very careful uh, to stick with the code definition. So in Texas, you know, abortion is, is a crime, different levels of misdemeanor and so forth. And, and so the point would be that we want uh, 
uh, pro-lifers to state the truth about the law in Texas, but the cancel culture uh, pro-abortion people don't want the truth to get out. And so it's a very important issue. I mean, all these issues are now kind of being turned into free speech issues because the left is, you know, they're in the state of totalization. They know the whole truth, and they, they think that they don't need a dialogue with us, so they're trying to cancel our speech and our thoughts. Yeah, instead of trying to argue or fight it out on an even playing field where ideas are exchanged, they try and shut the other side down. So it sounds like what they're doing in Texas here is they're initially trying to uh, to chill uh, the First Amendment rights of uh, the pro-lifers. Right, and, and so typically, you're right, in Western civilization, we, we end up, you know, dialoguing, you know, coming up with laws and working things through, and there's some good faith there. But the pro-abortion uh, groups have gone completely into this cancel culture. So they not only want to, you know, sue people who have our ideas, but they want to deter other people from expressing those ideas as well. So they want to put Mark Lee Dixon and Right to Life of East Texas kind of, you know, on a pike and show, hey, if you have pro-life ideas in Texas is what's going to happen to you. And you know, it's they're not being, uh, you know, they're not being uh, democratic about it. They're trying to stop us from even uh, having a chance politically. Yeah, and we see that happening with social media too, where people are uh, being booted off of various social media outlets because they tend to speak the truth on things like abortion, same-sex marriage, and things like that. That's verboten anymore. You just can't do that. Oh, right. So here, you know, the, the statement. Abortion is a crime is truthful in Texas. So, you know, if, if we're not going to be able in Texas to say abortion is a crime, we're not going to be able to argue in the other 49 states that abortion should be a crime. It's all, you know, it's all related. And the pro-abortion groups, the, these, uh, these cancel culture warriors, they all know this. So, so we have to kind of update and, and, and fight back. So the benefit of having this particular suit by the opponents of the life movement is so that the message uh, Texans hear is that abortion is criminal, is very detrimental. They have to work very diff- hard to overcome that, that perception if the pro-life uh, language is very successful. Is that the reason for this suit, do you think? Oh, right, that, that you know, pro-lifers should not be penalized for making truthful statements. True. And so the uh, pro-abortion people, the lefties, the cancel culture warriors, they don't want us to speak even if we're stating the truth. So they're trying and to limit their speech altogether. They're just honing in on this particular portion of the speech. Well, they are, but they're trying to chill us all. I mean, they, they want to get out the idea that uh, if you talk about abortion as a crime, you know, you know that that's that's defamation, and we can sue you. And of course, there are criminal defamation statutes. And I'm sure they'd want to prosecute us too. And so, it's it's a very scary time if you're trying to transmit uh, pro-life, pro-family values. And you know, all I can say is that we're going to have to fight on every front that cancel culture is a, a, a taking on. Now, you've, in, in, in defense of, of the pro-lifers, you've filed, actually, uh, I guess it's eight suits in eight different counties in Texas. Uh, what are you asking the court to do in those suits? Because I looked at them, and they're pretty much all the, the same thing. It just names have changed into different counties. 
Right. We're trying to establish uh, a federal right across the state of Texas that uh, someone who uh, uh, reads the criminal code and says abortion is a crime uh, is not liable for defamation. And so the criminal code of Texas says abortion is a crime, and then our people are saying abortion is a crime, uh, and the other side is saying that's false. But, you know, it's true, and if it's truthful speech, then why is the government using the court system to hold these people accountable for defamation? And so these, that's why we want to consolidate the cases, because, you know, the, the pro-abortion people can't be right that if someone repeats the Texas criminal code, that somehow they're liable for defamation. And so here's a, a, an example of the pro, pro-abortion uh, lefties resisting the truth. They're trying to use the government to stop truthful statements. And, you know, it's horrific. It's, it's Orwellian. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, right. it's the worst thing you can think of. So in your suits, the eight suits that you filed in the eight different counties, you're taking individuals from those counties and suing the, or, the three organizations that have come after the pro-life movement, correct? Correct. And w- what are we asking the judge to tell us at, in, the, in the end of these cases? What do we need the judge to say? That, that in Texas, uh, because the criminal code says that abortion is a crime, people are free to talk in Texas that, um, that abortion is a crime. Great. And the pro-abortion people are trying to make that a cause for defamation lawsuits are an error because the court can't take a truthful statement and make it into defamation. It sounds pretty cut and dried to me. I can't even imagine that a judge would see it any other way. I would oh, hope so. I, you would I be surprised so when judges can see some. Well, you of know, these I'm things. not the lawyer. I'm not usually in court, so. I, yeah, the, the the idea of the the sort of these the cancel culture warriors using the courts to stymie uh, uh, free speech is a relatively new one, and you know a lot of our children and a lot of the, our friends you know in the pro life movement may have grown up in you know a world where everyone was supposed to appreciate everyone else's ideas, and so these cancel culture warriors have introduced something new now, and that is they're going to try to cancel. Uh, your ideas or speech, even us, you know, let's say employment at a big firm or something. So this is where they're going, and now we have to respond. So these lawsuits were filed in response to you know, these cancel culture warriors going too far and overreaching. Right. But this is going to be more common. So um, we have eight cases in front of eight different courts or judges. Um, what, what is your hope? Do you uh, if, say a majority of them win, and then will it become precedent in Texas and the anti-life groups will step down and quit attacking pro-life organizations? Or what is the ultimate effect of uh, positive rulings in, in a majority of the cases? Oh, it's much bigger than that. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that is one of the goals, but the bigger goal is, uh, is to save democracy. I mean, the pro-lifers now are in a position with the cancel culture warriors going after them, because it's not just these issues, it's all the other issues. I mean, geez, if you're against socialism, you're against uh, you know, these, these you know, uh, Medicare for all, or whatever issue it is, you know, you, you end up, they want to cancel you. So we're trying to save America, and this is one small step in that way. And, you know, it's, it's come to that because, you know, the left decided to go cancel culture, 
and we're stuck with responding. And I'm just hoping the courts are strong enough to uphold the First Amendment rights of the people. Otherwise, uh, there's dark days ahead. So how did we choose these eight different counties? Because there's quite a few counties in in uh, Texas. Uh, they were pro-lifers who, who stood up and they, they expressed concern and agreed to be clients. So on behalf so, of the individuals that lived in those particular counties, that's how you chose right, the counties. Right, so they're Very activists. Good. They're activists and they're, and they're, they're willing to take this risk. Okay, now it seems that's, to me there's a little bit of a risk here. If you run the table, that's fine. But you're liable to have some split opinions here. You may have, you know, um, six and two, four and four, whatever. Uh, that means that somebody's uh, going to appeal, and whoever appeals is going to have at least one winning uh, case on their side. So what's it look like when these cases then get all consolidated on an appeal to the Texas Supreme Court? Well, uh, yeah, it, 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 I think both sides would uh, understand what's at stake, and so that we expect this to go through the Texas uh, appellate court system and perhaps reach the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, but it's a it's a really a critical issue. But you know, the U.S. Supreme Court has and, and the state Supreme Courts have been able to handle these things. So basically, there's a difference between you know the right to abortion and the free speech rights of people who protest you know outside abortion clinics. Right. And so this would be another example of this, that, you know, it, you know, if the left's winning, they've got the right to abortion, but it's a whole other thing to cancel out critics of abortion. Right. And okay, that's now, where we're at. just looking at the procedure here, which as a lawyer I'm kind of interested mm-hmm. in, uh, are these cases then going to be consolidated for one hearing, or are they going to be tried in eight different uh, jurisdictions? What we're attempting to do is consolidate them, and we're looking for agreement uh, from the uh, the anti-life you know uh, life side. And so those parties are being consulted with right now to see if they would stipulate to consolidating everything. Okay. That, that's being negotiated. Okay. All right, then I, then I take it you'll agree to a particular venue? Oh, right. We would, we would, we would work that out with the uh, defendants or, you know, their plaintiffs too, right? Their plaintiffs in their suits, defendants in ours. Right. We want to consolidate all the cases and then consolidate the hearings as much as we can. Gotcha. Uh, we don't know if they'll they'll agree or not. We just sent over the communications recently. Okay. Now, you filed these cases just recently. I take it you've not had any response back yet from the other side. No filings yet, and we're looking for a response on the consolidation issue. Okay, so that'll be the first step then, whether you're going to consolidate or not. Correct. Th- th- then you get into the uh, to the actual issues. Okay, well, it's kind of a, a unique situation uh, <laughs> that uh, that you're suing, uh, asking, I guess, for a declaratory judgment. It's brilliant, that, from what I can Yeah, say. it is. I'm not, you, I don't have you, a legal background, but it seems brilliant you don't, uh, strategy you, to me. You, you, I wouldn't have expected this, but uh, I'm happy you're doing it, Eric, and... Uh, I uh, I wish you luck. We're all praying for you that it works out because we're all on your side on this thing. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we who are on the side of the angels have to work closely together because of these new strategies coming out. It's not a time to go tend your garden. we got to be engaged. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very, Very well good. said. Eric, I want to thank you for joining us today. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, and before we go, uh, you have um, a website for the Thomas More Society in case anybody wants any additional information. 
Uh, that, that's right. Uh, ThomasMoreSociety.org, and uh, there's more information there about the cases, and we'll keep people updated. Very good. Thank Wonderful. you very much. Certainly appreciate it, and we, uh, we'll have you back, see how the cases are going in a little while. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you much. Thank you, Thank you for coming. Bye-bye. We'll be back on Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio in about three minutes. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, CTI Ready Mix, for your support of Dowling Catholic Boys Baseball Broadcast. CTI Ready Mix has been serving Central Iowa since 2004 and has become a leader in Ready Mix concrete production. With 50 mixer trucks and locations in Johnston, Grimes, Elkhart, West Des Moines, and Carlisle, they are capable of supplying even the largest projects in Central and North Iowa. CTI Ready Mix, 1001 Southeast 37th Street, Grimes, 515-276-9567. Online at cti-ia.net. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio on Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and Gina and I are back. Gina, um, another interesting program today. They're all interesting, I think. Well, we wouldn't put them on if we didn't think they are going to be interesting. But uh, 
Um, What's always fun is to talk about these stories in their inception and then later to give our listeners an update on the outcomes of of the cases or the actions that the individuals have taken to protect their religious liberties or their free speech or whatever the issue is that um, jeopardizes our faith and, and our practice of our faith. Yeah, the uh, the case uh, in Texas with, uh, again, it's a, a case of attempting to chill um, free speech rights and, and they're fighting back and they're fighting right. back affirmatively, which is very good. I'm glad they're doing it. And, uh, you know, Thomas More Society, what, what, what can you say except great things about them, what they do? And, uh, and the fact that they're going after these people and basically tracking them down and dragging them into court and right. saying, you can't do that. And we're going to have a judge tell you you can't do that. Well, it just, yeah, it just surprises me that Thomas More is um, a nonprofit organization right. of attorneys who volunteer their time, mostly right. their pro bono cases. They're supported by individuals who make contributions to the organization. Uh, and their their quote unquote winnings right mm-hmm. in some of these cases that that is and and we should mention that that is part of the way that some of these people um, uh, fund themselves is they'll get attorneys fees from the losing side that's how the ACLU has done it many for mm-hmm. many years and so, so they caught on and ADF started doing it some of the others started doing it and so now that's that's a part of their revenue is is they collect attorneys fees on the other end but they this is these are pro bono firms that are doing this and we've mentioned this before individually uh, with some of them but we ought to just mention it uh, generically to all of them they deserve our support and so at the end of the month when you've got a few bucks left over and you want a tax-exempt contribution some of these places would be very good to uh, uh, to contribute to because they they keep they keep this stuff going and they defend our rights the other thing we talked about today was the case of this uh, uh, student at uh, uh, Fordham University. And I think maybe we might want to start looking uh, for more of these types of cases to to talk about on the radio because they're out there, and they've been out there for a number of years where uh, students – if you want to, if you want to have, uh, uh, well, and they did this up at DMAC a couple of years ago. Uh, DMAC was doing something. Uh, they were, I think, buying um, uh, tickets uh, for an LGBT conference to hand out to students or whatever. One of the uh, students there said, "Hey, that that's our student fee money that's going to this, and I don't particularly like it." And so he printed up some leaflets and he started talking in the campus about it well he was told that he couldn't do that and uh, if he wanted to hand out literature and things like this uh, he had to have that literature approved and he had to have his place on campus approved and they had to know what he was going to say and how long he was going to say it and they had like a three-week lead time for him. Well, this is something that came up that was happening on Saturday, so there was no way that he was going to get three weeks in. Well, uh, they took him to court. I, I think it was ADF that uh, that uh, spa- that uh, represented the, the kid, took him to court, and there was uh, $10,000, $15,000 in uh, attorney's fees that had to be paid by DMAC for, for that. But we see these things all the time. They've been going on for a long time. That you can't, uh, you can't communicate with other students about politics or anything like that unless you're in a specific 
free speech zone. So if you're sitting down in the student cafeteria and you're talking about, uh, you know, what do you think about Trump? Uh, I happen to like him, and here's why. All of a sudden now they come down on you, and uh, and usually, again, it all tilts against more conservative speakers is, is what happens. Well, understandably so with some of these institutions and mm-hmm. their leftward-leaning um, ideals and mm-hmm. values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what happened, of course, is that uh, uh, the um, – Integration into the uh, academia is what a lot of these organizations were pushing for for years, and they've they've worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. So now you have um, people who are uh, teaching in universities who are uh, left, well, left of center, okay, sure. uh, and then they're also teaching future teachers. And that's why you have so many uh, high school and elementary school teachers out there who look at things like this, uh, what, 1619 project that's changing the whole focus and of our history and adopt the curriculum the because children. they don't know any better because this is what, what they've been taught. So I think maybe we ought to spend a little more time focusing on what's been going on on college campuses. And again, um, uh, FIRE is a great place to start. You go to their uh, their webpage. It the sounds fire. like they're very busy and have some very unique cases that they would be are busy and they have listeners. and they have a pretty good sized staff it looks like people that follow up on these things for them now do they do any legal action i know i don't know i don't think they do the legal action i think they have a legal consultant there who will help them out initially you know here's what we need to say here's what we have to do in the letter to the school and then maybe we'll help hook them up with uh the alliance defending freedom pacific justice institute depends on where they're at and who's available there uh and uh thomas more society you know and not all of these pro bono legal firms take all cases. In other words, some of them specialize in cases dealing with simply religious freedom, others with um, um, traditional uh, Christian values like sure. traditional marriage and things like that. So some of them aren't as all-encompassing as others are. Now, FIRE is one of those ones that uh, says, look, if you're being discriminated against, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll try and help you out. And it really doesn't matter what side of of the issue you're on or, you know, what the issue is, if you're being discriminated against, we'll we'll try and and do our best to help you out. It's good that they give that information to the students and to the general public. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 glad they do that, and so we'll have uh, we'll have, we'll try to have more of those people, okay? And then next week we have an interesting program coming up. Uh, you talk about um, um, uh, silencing people. Uh, we have a pastor that was on one of these social media uh, outlets, and he was uh, he's a former homosexual. He recovered from his homosexuality, mm-hmm. married, has a family now. And so part of his ministry was dealing with people who are trying to overcome unwanted he homosexual tendencies. Right, he was sharing helpful. those. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on, he, he put up videos uh, on on his social media thing, and then all of a sudden social media comes in and says, you can't put those up there. Those are hateful. Uh, They took down all his videos and banned him from ever being back on the platform again. And so we're going to talk. I can't wait to hear how that's going to come We're going to talk to, that's uh, the Advocates for Faith and Freedom. Uh, Robert Tyler is doing that. He's the chief counsel there, and he's going to be with us next week. And also Robert Muse, we've had him on before, American Freedom Law Center. Um, Michigan, the governor in Michigan has restricted 
weddings now. Okay, she she's uh, been doing a lot she's of. She's been doing a lot of that. So we're going <laughs> to she and her scepter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to uh, we're going to see a lot of oh, that. Oh, good. And, Robert's uh, good. I'm sure he'll give us some updates on some of his other cases too. Yeah, yeah. We I was talking to one of the PR persons when we were setting one of these things up, and they said, "How long do you want them for?" And I said, "Well, probably you know about." Uh, 15 12 minutes, yeah. to 15, uh, 16 minutes. Oh, she said, most people only want them for five minutes. You yeah. know? So, but we like to get in a little deeper in that. That's good for our listeners that and is, for us. That is. All right, we're going to have to wrap things up right now. Uh, let me see. We have uh, prayer to St. Michael. Here it is. Uh, St. Michael the Archangel. And I, always, I write it down because the last thing you want to do is to forget the words in the prayer to St. Well, Michael. There's so many versions of the <laughs> Right, and there are so many. You know, that's another thing we ought to do. We ought to have somebody in there. There's somebody who wrote a book about the prayer to St. Michael and how it came to be the way it is. Well, because it's original. It's really long. It's really long. I've seen it. It's really long, yeah. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell, Satan and all the evil spirits who roam about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. That's it for this week. For Gene and myself, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we send out thank you to Paul and Paul at Imogene Ingredients for helping us be on the air. See you next week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.